Hello everyone, I'm Christopher Linfont, and this is the first time Nest Talk is coming to you as a video stream. This will be featured on YouTube, so congratulations if you're listening on YouTube, because you can see me this time. Um, we have a great show ahead of you. Today is uh, November 28th, 2018. And um, we've got a, again, we've got a great show ahead of you. We're going to talk about the Ravens and Raiders recap from this past Sunday. We're also going to talk about um, the playoff positioning of the Ravens and where they stand moving forward. We're going to look ahead and talk about um, Joe Flacco's injury news a little bit. Um, that'll be important to kind of figure out what's going on with him. And um, we're going to talk about the entire Ravens injury report. Uh, there's a lot of guys not practicing. Some guys, you know, you expect not to practice based on what we know from previous weeks. And some other guys that are, you know, kind of new to the table here. And, and we weren't really expecting them to be um, absent. Is it time to hop on the Gus bus? This is the question everybody's asking around Baltimore. And, we're, of course, we're going to talk about our three key matchups to the Ravens and Falcons game this Sunday. Um, so, again, we have a great show lined up for you, and I hope you stick around for the whole whole, uh, whole show. Um, the first thing I wanted to talk about is the Ravens and Raiders recap. Um, that game wasn't extremely good, as I thought it was going to be for the Ravens. Um, just going into this game, I called it it could be a trap game. And I think the Ravens really weren't prepared. Or not ill-prepared, but they weren't really ready to go for this game. They were kind of looking past their opponent here and seeing, oh, Oakland Raiders, you know, they're doing so badly this year. It's going to be a nice, easy win. Um, not exactly for the Ravens here. It wasn't super easy, as one may have expected, um, going into this game. Um, basically, the first noticeable problem with this game, uh, the defense sputtered out pretty quickly. The, the defense was not able to do a whole lot, and it, it was a big issue, especially in the first um, the first drive of the game. Derek Carr getting down there, you know, throwing over. He's got, you know, um, tight ends on short routes. He's got screens going. They do a double reverse play, and they're consistently moving down the field, getting those yards that the Ravens aren't able to stop them. And on the first drive, they score a touchdown and put the Ravens down by seven early. And I thought to myself, I was in the stands for this game, and I thought to myself that this is going to be a much tougher game than the Ravens anticipated, especially if the defense is going to play this way. Uh, not a very good good game and not a good very good start for the Ravens to come out there and, and do that um of course the Ravens defense ended up you know coming back after that they only held the Ravens to, I'm sorry the Raiders to 10 points after that so it wasn't that big of an issue but the Raiders really came down and scored early on in the Ravens and kind of you know made it a little bit you know a, a realization take place on the Ravens sideline that basically that this game is going to be a little bit different for the Ravens um, than they may have expected going going into it. Now, the offense didn't do a whole lot to impress me either in the first half. Uh, the Ravens were very intent um, having Lamar Jackson come out and throw the ball. Uh, not a whole great play, play style from them. Not a uh, great position. And it really wasn't working for most of the game. Uh, I'm sorry, for the first half of the game. Lamar Jackson throws 9 for 18 in the first half or 140 yards. Uh, a bulk of those yards come from the 74-yard pass to Mark Andrews, which was a tremendous pass, but I'm, I'm going to have to rule that as an outlier because it didn't fit well with the overall statistics. I ran the numbers yesterday. You may have seen my article on BaltimoreFeather.com um, about, about Lamar Jackson and why maybe Joe Flacco should be the starter going forward when he's healthy. But again, um, the 74-yard pass was really an outlier in Jackson's performance here, and it really wasn't anything, well, I mean, the pass was something to, to look at, but the numbers he put up weren't really anything to really look at and make me feel comfortable that of him, you know, being a full-time starter in the league, especially in this game against the Raiders, the, the, you know, one of the worst defenses in the league, not doing a whole lot against them is not exactly an impressive look. Um, Lamar Jackson did um, throw two interceptions in the first half, not a great look again for him, 
Uh, the first interception was completely inexcusable. He throws it straight into triple coverage. You know, three guys down there, and it gets tipped off by one of them and caught by the other. I mean, the receiver, I don't even remember who he was throwing to. I think it was John Brown. But he, there was nobody around. Uh, I'm sorry, there were so many people around John Brown that he was not going to be able to cover or um, catch this ball with all the coverage around him. Um, and it wasn't a very accurately placed ball, and it was you know going to get picked off if it wasn't tipped anyway. The guy in front tipped it, but they were going to pick it off if he didn't tip it. Uh, the second interception wasn't exactly all Lamar's fault. I thought that that um, that Michael Crabtree, the receiver he was targeting on the fade route, um, this was right before the end of the first half, if I remember correctly. Um, he targets uh, Michael Crabtree on the fade route, and it didn't go exactly how you would think. Michael Crabtree, a big you know big body receiver, is going to go up and grab the ball. Didn't exactly fight for it. Kind of reminded me of how Brashad Perryman played back in the back in the few years uh, when he was brought in with, by the Ravens. But Michael Crabtree didn't do a whole lot to grab this ball, and it was behind Michael Crabtree in his defense. It was not a very nicely placed ball by Lamar Jackson. He couldn't you know get it right to where it had to be. But Michael Crabtree could have done a little bit more to get it, I think, in my opinion. But again, it was tipped by the pass defender who was right there behind Michael Crabtree. Um, and and it was just brought in um, by another defender back there. I think it was the safety, if I remember correctly. Not a good look for Lamar Jackson finishing the day. I'm sorry, finishing the first half. 9 for 18, 140 yards, uh, two interceptions. Not a very efficient first half. But in the second half, the Ravens kind of moved away from what they were doing originally and making it easier for Lamar Jackson to get the, some points on the board. So the Ravens' offense did not score a single point in the first half. They relied on the special teams uh, in all instances. Justin Tucker hit two field goals, um, and of course Cyrus Jones. The highlight of the game was Cyrus Jones's 70-yard punt return for a touchdown, which was incredible, right to the end zone. I was um, in the stands above. It was a remarkable um, punt return. But it, but the special teams really had to get all the points on the board. The Ravens couldn't score any touchdowns on offense, and it was getting, you know, I think a little bit into the head of Lamar Jackson a little bit. So the Ravens say, okay, we're just going to come out. We're going to abandon the, the passing game here, and we're just going to start slinging it. Um, and, and, you know, this worked. This actually worked because uh, Lamar Jackson in the se second half was 5 for 7, 38 yards, um, and two touchdowns, one through the air and one on the ground. Um, Lamar Jackson's completion rate jumps up to about 71%. Um, his average passing um, in this, passing yards per play in the second half, or per pass, I should say, in the second half were 5.42, roughly, 5.43, uh, if you round it up. Um, I think he did a lot better in the second half when he had the opportunity to run the ball more. I think he's still not a refined passer, and he's got to get to that point eventually, but right now he'll be fine as long as he can, you know, run the ball and be effective as a game-managing quarterback. Um, that's really what he's going to have to do for now because, you know, the Ravens probably aren't going to keep him in there the full year until um, until Joe Flacco can get back. Um, that's the plan anyway, from what I understand, and we'll have to see how it unfolds uh, later on. But, you know, overall, the offense played better in the second half. Uh, they got a couple scores on the board with Lamar Jackson touchdown run, touchdown pass to Michael Crabtree. Uh, and, of course, Judon's three sacks in a row, which led to Terrell Suggs' uh, amazing fumble return. I've never seen Terrell Suggs do something like that before, but he picks up the fumble, runs 43 yards for a touchdown. Not great ball security, um, but no. But in all honesty, uh, Terrell Suggs was a, was a monster play um, when he scored that, that touchdown. So where does this leave the Ravens in the playoff position? That's what we really want to know. We're really not concerned about it. you know what the overall record of the Ravens is. The Ravens are... Um, going into the, to the, the final weeks here, if they're not in the playoff hunt, 
Uh, I can tell you with certainty that they are in the playoff hunt, and I think they've got a much better chance than a lot of people think um, heading into the to the Week 13 now. Um, the Baltimore Ravens currently hold the sixth seed, the wild card, the second wild card, the sixth seed overall in the AFC. Uh, they hold it over the six and five Colts, who are tied for, with a record. But you know, based on tiebreakers, the Ravens uh, have this this wild card going forward. Um, the Bengals, Titans, and Dolphins all lost this week. That tremendously opens the gates for the Ravens here um, for the wild card race. Of course, the Bengals were going to be the chief competition. It looked like for a while, but they are completely sputtering out here. The Tennessee Titans, the Ravens already have the tiebreaker. They're, I think, 5-6 and six now, somewhere around there with six losses. The Dolphins, although I would have liked to see the Dolphins beat the Colts because I think the Dolphins have a little bit tougher schedule down the road than the Colts. Um, they lost. It helps the Ravens regardless. That game was going to help the Ravens no matter who won. Um, and the Broncos even beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, that does two things for the Ravens. Number one, um, it brings brings the, the, the division race back in, into um, the fold here. The Ravens have potential to grab the division um, if the Steelers kind of sputter out here at the end. I'm not sure they will, but it, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. But it also enables the Broncos to be in the playoff conversation here now at 5-6. and six. They're surging these past few weeks, um, and they've got a pretty easy schedule ahead. They could end up being in the wild card race at the end. Um, I think the Colts, Broncos, and Ravens are going to be in the, in the hunt in the final weeks. Um, but I think ultimately the Ravens will come out on top. For the sixth seed, I don't think Baltimore will win the division. I think the Steelers will hold on to the division, but it might get close at the end. Um, and it looks like 538 thinks that the Ravens have a good chance here, too. Of course, 538 ran by Nate Silver, a big statistics website. You can see all, all the statistics. They do NFL, other sports, politics, everything about that. Um, he gives the Ravens, or 538 gives the Ravens, a 46% chance of making the playoffs at this point, at least as a wild card. So that is a tremendous upgrade from where they were a few weeks ago when they were down into the 20s uh, by 538 rankings. Um, now I want to talk a little bit about the injury news. I wrote an article um, a couple days ago, I think it was yesterday, why I think Joe Flacco should start over Lamar Jackson once he's healthy. But the question is, when is Joe Flacco going to be healthy? Um, that's what's going to you know basically determine the Ravens' decision here. Uh, Flacco is still not clear to play or practice. Yesterday he saw a hip specialist, his doctor, uh, but it looks like Lamar sets its start again. That's what we understand. That's what Mike Garofolo broke. Uh, Mike Garofolo of the NFL Network broke this yesterday that Lamar was planning to start again against the Atlanta Falcons uh, because Joe Flacco has yet to be cleared. Um, as long as Joe Flacco is not healthy, Lamar has to be the starter. There's really no other option aside from RG3, but Lamar has proven himself to be capable of winning games. And I think that this is probably the last game that Lamar Jackson can start in where the Ravens can feasibly win the game. Um, the Atlanta Falcons defense is not very good at all. Um, so, you know, we're kind of wondering what's going on, going to happen with them. Um, they're four and seven now, the Atlanta Falcons, but they're going to fight hard trying to stay in the playoff race, just barely by a, by a thread here. Um, if Lamar Jackson can do enough to win the Ravens, uh, the game, he'll be fine. But I am a little concerned about this game upcoming, but we'll talk about that a little later when we get to the three key matchups with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Jeff Zerebic, um, of the of originally the Baltimore Sun, moved on to The Athletic. He's a great Ravens reporter. I recommend you follow him on Twitter. Uh, he tweeted out the Ravens, who are not participating in practice today, he includes Joe Flacco, who has not been cleared with the hip injury, Alex Collins with a foot injury, Gus Edwards with an undisclosed injury, not sure. He did talk to the media today, so we're not really sure why he is uh, not practicing today. Michael Crabtree, um, don't know what, what's up with him. Marshall Yonda, he thinks it's a vet day with him, although the Ravens were not confirming that. Um, Tim Williams has an ankle injury. Jimmy Smith w was sick today. He did not practice. Tony Jefferson, ankle injury. 
Tavon Young with a groin injury, Anthony Levine Sr. with an ankle injury, and Eric Weddle got a vet day as well. So some issues with the Ravens' injuries here. Obviously, uh, Tony Jefferson went down to the game, and Chuck Clark had to replace him. Chuck Clark did okay, not great for the Ravens, but I think he'll be okay moving forward. Um, the Ravens do need to see some of these guys come back soon. Um, Michael Crabtree, not sure what's up with him. Gus Edwards has to play this game, or else the Ravens are going to have a very difficult time winning. Um, Joe Flacco, hopefully we'll see back soon. Tony Jefferson is a major, major um, point in this defense, which we hope comes back soon. And, of course, you know, Anthony Levine, uh, good depth player as a safety. Tavon Young is a great slot cornerback. So we're going to have to see all these guys come back soon. Hopefully it's nothing serious with all of them. Um, I expect at least most of these guys to play on Sunday. I, none of this seems super serious, except maybe Tony Jefferson might not play. I don't think that – well, Flacco is almost certainly not going to play. Not sure what's up with Collins or Edwards. I know Collins has a foot injury, but Edwards is undisclosed here. So we'll have to see how this all plays out. But I think a majority of these players will probably be ready for Sunday. Uh, but speaking of Gus Edwards, is it time to hop on the Gus bus? This is the question that everyone's asking in Baltimore right now. Is it time to hop on the Gus bus? Uh, I think so. I think that Gus Edwards is doing a phenomenal job as the running back here. Downhill runner, north-south. He's going to go right through the line, grab five, six yards of carry. Be outstanding, and this is the kind of runner that the Ravens have missed um, since really Ray Rice. I mean, Ray Rice was you know a very good downhill runner. He could you know also catch a whole lot of um, you know screen plays and, and checkdowns for for Joe Flacco and take them for good yards. But we've been really missing a really good run game since you know Ray Rice. I mean, Justin Forsett came in for a couple of years and did enough, but in 2016 he kind of fell off, and and Alex Collins kind of sort of did it last year at the end. But he's not panning out this year, so we need to get something going on the, in, the, in the ground game. This tremendously helps uh, Lamar Jackson, and when Joe Flacco gets back, it'll help Joe Flacco. He's always best at his best with a run game behind him to open up the play action, to open up some of these things that he can do at a really high level that they haven't had all year. Once you know defense has figured out that the Ravens aren't going to run, then they're just going to make sure that the one-dimensional offense can't do anything. So we'll have to see how this plays out. Um, but I think Gus Edwards, it is time to hop on the Gus bus. I think he's going to be a great running back for the rest of the season. I don't know about next year. We've seen a plenty of running backs to the Ravens come in, do great one year, and then not do so good the next year. So we'll have to see how this plans out. But I think for at least the next uh, few remaining games in the season, you know, up until week 17, I think Gus should be your guy at this point. He's got two consecutive games with 100 yards rushing, over 100 yards rushing. Great combo for Lamar Jackson. Overall, great player. I think he should continue as the starter for the Ravens um, as long as you know he's healthy and he can get back to the field. Unless someone else breaks out and does better. I don't know, but this is what we've got so far. So let's see what we can do with that. And finally, uh, to wrap up the podcast today, it's a little bit short today, but we're going to talk about the three key matchups between the Ravens and Falcons. Uh, the first main matchup I'm going to talk about is the secondary versus the Falcons receiver core. Uh, this game can turn into a shootout very quickly if the Ravens' defense is not prepared. The Atlanta offense has been kind of slow the past few weeks, but they've got weapons and they can use them. They've got Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, um, Mohamed Sanu with Matt Ryan at the quarterback position. I mean, this could turn out into a shootout if the Ravens are not prepared to go. If they play like they did in the first half against the Raiders, it might be a little bit more difficult to win this game. Um, secondary, Jimmy Smith, Brandon Carr, Marlon Humphrey, Tavon Young in the slot position, they're all going to have to do what they can do to stop these three receivers. Um, Vic Beasley versus Orlando Brown Jr. Assuming Orlando Brown Jr. starting at the right tackle um, because James Hurst did return to practice today, although I do think Orlando Brown kind of won the position by himself at this point. 
Um, assuming it's Brandon uh, Orlando Brown, it could be James Hurst. You could substitute him here if this is what happens. But Vic Beasley has to be slowed down. Vic Beasley, uh, you know, the Falcons defense not having a whole good year, but Vic Beasley is still a weapon by the Falcons defense. He can get to the quarterback, and with a young quarterback, an impressionable quarterback, a quarterback who's going to make mistakes, you don't want Vic Beasley getting to him. You don't want him wrecking havoc on Lamar Jackson while this is all going down. And finally, Gus Edwards versus the Falcons front seven. What's Gus Edwards going to do? Uh, the running game is the underlying engine of this Ravens offense at this point with Lamar Jackson at the helm. Um, what's what's going to happen with it? Uh, I don't know personally if, if he's going to be able to get it done again. I think based on what we've seen in the past few weeks, I think he will be able to get it done again against the Falcons. Maybe not 100 yards rushing, maybe not 80 yards rushing, but he might get 75, somewhere around there at least. But as long as he can, he can get these yards and, and be the engine of the Ravens running attack, of the Ravens' ground attack, and of the Ravens' offense as a whole, then I think that the Ravens are going to have a great chance on offense to put this game away. As long as this game doesn't turn into a shootout, um, you know, the secondary is going to be the biggest point uh, against these these amazing receivers. Um, I, I think this is going to be a very difficult game for the Ravens. It's going to be a toss-up either way, especially with Joe Flacco out, so we'll have to see how this plays out um, down the stretch here. Okay, thank you very much for tuning into Nest Talk today. You can find Nest Talk at Nest Talk on Twitter. You can follow Baltimore Feather at Be More Feather on Twitter, or you can like us on Facebook. Just search up Nest Talk or Baltimore Feather on Facebook. You can follow me at Chris Limfont on Twitter um, to find you know my take on things. You know Baltimore Feather on Twitter, Be More Feather on Twitter has a lot of my takes as well. Um, tune in next week when we have our recap of the Ravens and Falcons game, and of course looking ahead to that tough. Uh, matchup in Kansas City that's right afterwards, so we'll have to see how that plays out. But until then, I'm Chris Linfont signing off. Have a great day, everybody.